0: The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast. <laughs> John Anik and Kenny Florian. I fucking love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that post the next.
1: Big job there from Duffy and Frank Meers. now. Down goes Duffy. Oh, cool. does it again. Rock'em, sock'em, robots here. Oh, my goodness.
0: Hyperbole. There are a couple of absolutely self-involved bullshit artists. Here are
2: your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian.
3: Oh, great to be back in your lives. Great to be back in your lives. I just took my Red Sox hat off out of fear. Not fear, but out of concern for any sensitive viewers or listeners. Everybody hates the Red Sox on a Monday morning after what happened on Sunday night. Monday, October 11, 2021. It is episode 320 of the Anakin Florian podcast. So Ken Flo is of a happy disposition today. It's got to be because Bitcoin is north of 57,000 um because i thought you got out of this ibjjf nogi world championships clean healthy and that is not in all the cases cody tells me uh so you must be smiling about bitcoin then is that why you're so happy
1: well that's that's a good thing that's a good thing it's good to see your face first of all it's great it's great to do the show always fun um you know uh yeah i i I had an interesting weekend it was first of all it was awesome to be back on the math. i'm just genuinely happy i had a chance to compete it always makes me better makes me more focused with my training and what i need to work on and all that stuff so that was that was really cool um but you know my my back injury um it comes and goes and uh wasn't feeling great uh prior to the tournament I, i was training a lot maybe a little bit too much which didn't seem like a lot to me, but I'm 45 years old, so who the fuck knows? But, <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm warming up with my 118-pound uh, black belt buddy. That was out, by design. I, I didn't like. want to, you know, have a whole lot of weight prior to the match. And um, somehow my back still seized up. I'm doing a takedown. I'm actually leaning on him, and my back freezes up. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Um, so I take some time to kind of stretch and work whatever I needed to work out. I go back to drilling. I feel it freeze up again. I'm kind of stopping and going every minute to see how it goes. Um, you know, before you know it, I, I kind of have to do a check in. I have to go weigh in. Um, I was really light. Uh, probably should have gone down the, the other weight class, but uh, you know, you I weigh think in scale. At? I once 179, I had like a huge pasta dinner the night before I, I had right. an awesome breakfast, a lot of food. So I was feeling good. I was energized, but, uh, definitely on the smaller side and the weaker side right. of things when I locked up with these guys. So that was interesting. But, um, first guy was super strong, um, ended up going to my back, uh, ended up coming up for a, for a sweep, scored some points on the, on, on the top, you know, mounted him stuff like that. Time runs out. I, I win, I think 12, nothing, um, Woo! but my back wasn't feeling great. So the second yeah. round I knew it was going to be my toughest match. Um, when it gets a guy, Johnny Faria at a uh, Alliance San Diego, uh really good competitor, multiple time world champion. And I was nervous about coming up off of my back um, on the wrestling side. Cause I didn't want to bear his weight as I came up for a takedown or a sweep. So I was like, I'm just going to have to keep it on the feet and see how it goes. See how my back feels. And, um, you know, it, it was zero zero at the end of the time limit. Um, so it went down to uh, to the referee's decision. The referee chose him. Um okay, and uh he ended up advancing and, and winning the, he <laughs> ended up winning the whole <laughs> I thing. I just wanted to say so, it for <laughs> Exactly. I I didn't see the match, but it's bullshit. Absolutely. <laughs> right, 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 that's right. how I feel. Uh no, I mean it was uh-huh. it was close. I don't I don't feel that I did enough. You know, neither of us really did much. It was just one of those boring Damn grappling matches you see two old guys engage in every once in a while. So that was kind of upsetting. But so he ended up winning the whole thing, uh looked great uh, uh in the final, submitted his guy. And uh that was that, dude. Uh my back just got progressively worse. Saturday, I'm going home back to Charlotte. And the the, the taxi driver, you know, nice guy, drops me off though at like the wrong place. And now I gotta go to TSA security. I have two backpacks that didn't weigh much, but they it felt like I was carrying a rhino and an elephant on either oh, side. I'm sure. And I'm, and I'm walking. It's a, maybe a 300, 400-yard walk, and it felt like it was four miles. And oh. eventually I see a wheelchair check-in, okay? And I've never done this after a mixed martial arts fight, but I asked these people Please can you can you wheel me to my gate? Because I just could not take it any longer. I was hunched over, um, my hips and and as are just on fire. I could not move; they're freezing up as I walk. And uh, thank God I did. It was like a, a half a mile walk to my gate, yeah. and uh, as embarrassing as it was, but I'm glad I did it. And you know, uh, yesterday I felt a little better. I was still a little hunched over. Um, went to a buddy's house to try to alleviate some of the pain and like do this hang thing. Right. So I'm better, and then. Today, I'm feeling better, still a little Good. hunched over, a little kick in my hip, but here we are, man. It was still fun to get out there and compete, but uh, I got to figure out this back thing. Anytime I think I figured it out, it yeah. uh, comes back to rear its ugly head. So
3: I remember talking to some of my colleagues who were in an Abu Dhabi airport, I believe, with Michael Bisping before he got his second knee replaced. Yeah. And they said you could just hear him moaning, you know hundreds of yards away um so i can feel for athletes and fighters when you're in an airport and you have football fields in front of you and your body just won't respond so have you ever had like cortisone shots or anything in this back
1: i i haven't um joe rogan was telling me about a thing called regenic and he said it's helped his shoulder and back and neck and um I'm I'm thinking about doing it and, uh, you know, talking to my wife, it, it's expensive. Obviously insurance doesn't cover it, yeah. but, um, you know, there's not a whole lot of places that do it these days in the world. And, you know, um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a hundred percent effective. That's the thing. And I don't like the idea of someone putting a long needle in my spine, but, um, I don't know. I, I got to get something figured out because has any doctor ec-
3: ever recommended that you get surgery
1: or no? Yes.
3: Yeah. See, it's a tricky yes. thing. You know, I, I know only friends and relatives who have had success stories with the surgery. Right? And, right. and Heidi, Heidi Dean, who listens to our show, longtime UFC employee, um, had two majorly invasive back surgeries inside of 48 hours. She had wow. one and then 24 hours later, another, oh she's gosh. like a totally different human being. So really? we'll talk more about that off the air. Uh, wow. but, I can only speak to the successful surgeries, not obviously the ones that yeah. have not gone well. But we're glad you're in one piece. We're glad you're a little bit Thanks, better. We're, we're glad that Bitcoin is north of 57K. <laughs> it was at like 31 not all that long ago, folks. Dude, you, know, you got to trust And you were
1: buying those dips, Johnny. I'm I proud did. of you. I bought some proud of those of
3: you. dips. We're doing okay. And I'm going to give it all back at the eye doctor today with my <laughs> – my little girl who needs glasses. <laughs> All right. So a lot to get to today. We want to talk a little bit about the, uh, the boxing pay-per-view and the trilogy to be that was completed with uh, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder uh, and some interesting angles on that. I tweeted this morning, Kenny, you know, Mandalay Bay, when I was covering boxing regularly from, I guess, 03 to 08, they would always give us a folder that would say, Mandalay Bay, boxing at its best, right? And I tweeted this morning, In my time covering boxing, I'd always say when boxing is at its best, nothing can touch it. And I continued to write, you know, MMA is far more exciting for me now and delivers more consistently. But when boxing delivers, it captivates in a unique way. Some of my greatest memories as a broadcast journalist were covering major boxing events. And there's just a special, unique quality to boxing. I don't quite know how to put it into words, but when boxing is at its best, as it really was on Saturday night, with the back and forth, the stakes and everything else, the heavyweight division, um, you know, it's really, really great. I just, for me, overall, the sport as a whole, with a lot of the holding and clinching, I just feel like MMA has, has a lot more to offer on the whole, Saturday night in, Saturday night out. But obviously, it was a special, uh, special night for boxing over the weekend.
1: I agree with everything you said. I think that when you have two heavyweight uh, competitors, two heavyweight champions like Wilder and Fury going at it, and and you have um, just the right recipe um, for all of these things, you had two guys that really didn't like each other, uh, two guys that were extremely dangerous, two massive human beings. I mean, these aren't your typical heavyweight uh, boxers, Um, and uh, you know, and and two distinct styles. It really had everything to make it an amazing fight and of course we had this trilogy and um the previous fights were amazing as well uh and to see this kind of ending with both fighters knocking each other down I mean, and it's the stuff that makes legends it's the stuff that movies are, are written about uh, and are made um and it, it really was a, a special night for boxing uh both men showed an insane amount of heart. Uh, In the end, it was Tyson Fury. I think he showed that he was the better boxer. He was the better boxer heading into this. Um, It doesn't always work out that the best boxer wins. In this case, uh, he did. He showed he was a little bit more skillful um, and uh, better footwork, uh, perhaps better conditioning. um, And my goodness, what a fight. And congratulations to the legend, Tyson Fury, and to Wilder as well, who showed an unbelievable uh, amount of heart.
3: Yeah, I think some would argue this is the night on which Tyson Fury really became a legend in terms of his all-time heavyweight greatness. I mean, I don't know that there's anybody that's arguing he's not the best heavyweight of this era, but uh, he's in a pretty elite class as far as the history of the sport of boxing. And then Deontay Wilder on the other side, you know, certainly part of me, I think, has a rooting interest for, for the American, you know, the underdog. And uh, I think he was in a tricky spot in terms of the speed and the size. You know, I'm not a boxing journalist right now, but I read a lot of things about his weight and finding the optimal weight and I think it's really hard when you're fighting somebody with Fury's size you know it's like you can't come in 225 you know
1: I mean Uh, absolutely especially you know when he typically is the larger man or the the longer man you know he's going against a guy Tyson Fury who had height and weight uh height and weight on him yeah 40 pounds dude 40 pounds is significant at the elite level Ten pounds is significant. you're talking about a forty pound weight disadvantage that is huge um and and that was Wilder bulking up and doing everything possible right, to right. get as as big as he could so um th- th- you know some serious odds you know tough odds for him uh wasn't able to get it done, but still uh what a fight and, and that that definitely w- was an instant classic
3: and I believe Wilder was his lightest for the first meeting. I wonder how he would approach the fourth, but um I think he would do it similarly to the way he did the third fight. But, uh, yeah. you know, I'm at the airport following it on my phone, you know, flying back after UFC fight night. And uh, it was just crazy watching the uh, the world blow up as to what they were seeing. So congratulations to uh, to Tyson Fury, who uh, is a pretty damn easy guy to root for, I would say, as well. Got to feel good for him on a Monday morning. All right. Marina Rodriguez and Mackenzie Dern both hoped to be the athlete that we would lead the show with, but we are leading, of course, with Marina Rodriguez. She was about a plus 160 underdog here in the main event against Mackenzie Dern. She wins it by unanimous decision. 49-46 times three. It was the fight of the night, according to Dana White and the matchmakers. I probably would have given the bonus money elsewhere, but that is neither here nor there. Marina Rodriguez is a bona fide UFC strawweight contender. Uh, and If she wasn't so damn classy, she probably would have barked for a title shot, but she's in the mix. There aren't that many big names or big Fights left in front of her, Marina Rodriguez looks primed to to maybe one day fight for the title. What'd you think of her performance over the weekend?
1: Listen, I thought she showed uh, a high level of toughness um, and just showed that she was by far. Uh, the, the the superior striker out there. Uh, that's really where she had a huge advantage. Mackenzie Dern, um, you know, uh, very basic in her approach when it came to striking. Of course, you know, and she had showed some improvements and and seemed to have an elevated level of comfort on the feet. But when you're going against someone like a Marina Rodriguez, you're going to look even worse out there, and you will be exposed. Um, and to me, that's what it seemed like. She didn't understand the proper distance that she was supposed to be at. Marina was making her pay repeatedly uh came out and had a very strong first round um but and you know and we talked about this you know these were two very different fighters out there we had a potent striker in marina rodriguez and a potent grappler in mackenzie dern once they were able to get each other into the other realm they were dominant uh mackenzie on the ground um you know i thought she had her opportunities at at, at a choke at one point i should. Thought she had opportunities um, with that arm triangle. I Thought she had opportunities with a couple arm locks that may have that she may have missed uh, a little bit. Maybe didn't go for it or force it a little bit more. Which you know when time was running out, which I thought she should have at least. Yes. Um, but anyways, you know, I, I thought both women, you know, fought their hearts out. But um, I think inexperience was a factor uh, for Mackenzie out there as well. She seemed to panic a little bit out there and, um, you know, obviously needs to get more experience with both her striking, her entries into the takedowns and the finishes of her takedowns.
3: I feel like there's more to unpack on the Mackenzie Dern side. I could rip for three minutes in terms of superlatives on Marina Rodriguez and how hard it seems like she hits when you're watching her live and just how technically good she is. Marcio Malco, her head coach, is, is certainly underappreciated. Her fight IQ, her cardio, right? I mean, on and on it goes. She's really, really good. And she's very deferential to the lone woman who beat her, Carla Esparza, by split decision. She wants Carla to get her title shot first, and then Marina maybe feels like she should be in line. But as far as Mackenzie Dern is concerned, I think there were certainly positive signs, right? Uh, Her cardio, you know, she draws a lot of confidence from not just her sparring rounds now, but her desire to spar. She's enjoying it. But I think there's a lot of inexperience here, Kenny. And I'm just going to sort of ask you some questions just based upon the fan. You know, I'm nobody's source when it comes to technical acumen, but it seems like they're spending a lot of time trying to strike their way into takedown range, right? And Jason Mm -hmm. Perillo could be heard audibly saying at one point in time, late in the fight, if you got enough energy to throw a spinning back fist, then give me the one-two and another one-two to get inside. But I would ask you, should should we be bringing in a Justin Flores for judo or a Daryl Christian for offensive wrestling? And maybe they have these people, right? But it seems to me like if you are going to be a specialist, right? And I'm not saying that she's like a one-trick pony, but it seems like she wants to lean into the hoist Gracie stuff and lean into being a specialist and feels like that's where she can really strike fear into this division of elite strikers, largely with the exception of maybe Carla Esparza. So yeah, why not? And I know it's hard be, if you haven't wrestled your whole life, I get it. But to me, I don't know. Like I feel like the focus needs to be on offensive wrestling. She's had like two takedowns in her whole UFC career. She had zero this night, zero takedowns, one submission attempt. Like, I don't know, Ken Flo. to me as a fan, I'm thinking she needs to figure out a way to, you know, be more like Damian Maya wrestling at all costs. Forget the striking for a second. I don't know. That was my takeaway. Your thoughts.
0: Yeah.
1: Listen, I I think um two things. I, I think that, you know, you mentioned Justin Flores, one of the best takedown coaches in the game. Uh, You know, as the lead as it gets, when it comes to judo and wrestling, you know uh, the way he integrates everything together is, is a thing of beauty. So shout to J flow there, but um. Yeah, I think that would be a great choice um, because there's no question about it. You know, her, her takedown game um, is, is very basic. You know, I, I go back to when I first started. My takedown game was, was horrible. I remember, you know, trying to hump BJ Penn's leg with a single leg trying to take him down. I didn't know what the hell I was doing really at a high level. Um, so that's going to help. Getting a proper takedown coach like a Justin Flores who's going to help you integrate it into your grappling, that's for sure. But, John, the other thing is this comes down to really the, the the martial artists themselves. This comes down to Mackenzie Dern of understanding how she can combine it all together. You have your striking coach, you have your wrestling game, you have your own jiu-jitsu and what you need to do. How do you put it all together? To me, it just seemed like she was really confused. She was only in striking mode or only in takedown mode or only in jiu-jitsu mode. There wasn't this um, – I didn't see – a mixed martial artist out there. Do you you know what I mean? And I feel like she needs to understand how she can integrate it all together for her. And a lot of times, you know, there's other coaches that can help you with that. But at the end of the day, your best coach is yourself. You are the one who can guide you. And I, I think anyway, so I think it comes down to Mackenzie being creative and really feeling the fight and understanding how she can use her striking, not only to be effective from the outside, but how she can close that gap to get to a proper clinch because that's where she was losing this fight. She didn't yeah. know how to do that competently, effectively, and consistently.
3: Yeah, no, you put it beautifully, and I get so excited for Mackenzie Dern's fights because she is already one of the most credentialed, decorated submission artists in women's UFC history, and she barely started.
1: You know, A- like absolutely, dude, and she looked in tremendous shape. I mean, again, this fight, no the doubt. last fight, no doubt. this was the best shape we've seen her. She's on the right track. She has to trust her journey. She has more work to do. I think she can be very marketable, you know, um, and – And and she's fun to watch when she's at her best, man. Mackenzie is awesome. And I think that she just she's missing those elements. And and, and to me, that just means it takes more time, more diligence, and, and she'll get there.
3: Yeah, I think she'll get there, too. Rose Namajunas is the champion in this division. Obviously, she'll defend the belt against Zhang Wei Li, and that is coming up November 6th at UFC 268. Carla Esparza is lurking. All indications are that she will get the winner. She has a head-to-head win over Rose Namajunas, so you got to think Namajunas has an appetite for that fight. And then, of course, you have Joanna Yeunjacek, who is the number 2-ranked strawweight contender in the world right now and hasn't fought since the Zhang Wei Li fight, a fight that I thought she actually won, right? The forehead fight. Yeah, I did, too. Ion Ionjacek and Marina Rodriguez in a main event makes a shit ton of sense right now. But again, I think that uh, all those women are worthy of title shots right now. All right, Ray Longo coming up in 60 seconds. But when your online checking account balance is running low, the last thing you need is like a $33 overdraft fee. Overdraft fees have gotten totally out of hand. In 2019, Ken Flo, I want to ask you this. How much money do you think traditional banks collected in overdraft fees in 2019? Just a guess. Probably a ton. How about eleven billion yeah. dollars? Billions? Yeah. Chime does things differently though, folks. Chime is an award winning application in debit card that has already saved members north of ten billion dollars in overdraft fees with spot me fee free overdraft. Eligible members can overdraft up to two hundred dollars on debit card purchases and cash withdrawals with absolutely no fees. Now, you deserve to have financial peace of mind. Join the millions of Americans already loving Chime. The sign up takes just two minutes. It does not affect your credit score. Get started today at chime.com slash anicflorian. That's chime.com slash Florian. Banking services provided by and debit card issued by the Bank core Bank or Stride Bank, NA. Members FDIC, Spot Me eligibility requirements apply. Overdraft only applies to debit card purchases and cash withdrawals. Limits started at $20 and may be increased up to $200 by Chime. Chime member overdraft fee savings based on eligible members and use of SpotMe versus $33 average overdraft fee. Overdraft fee data based on bank rate check and account survey and CRL June 2020 overdraft fees report. All right, let us get to the star of the show. He is Raymond Longo. It's
0: now time for the Ray Longo Minutes. The Ray Longo Minute, <laughs> starring Ray Longo, the John Anik
2: and Kenny Florian podcast.
3: Ray Longo, eleven thirty three a.m. Sorry to keep you waiting.
0: Wow, Good No, it was well worth it because the chime. I'm gonna have to sign up because yes. I just had an overdraft because I was waiting for the check for my shirts. Hi. Right, right. No, no, and I made a purchase and I freaking went over. So. Send me the info on chime.com, please.
3: Chime.com. Say How it again. Chime. Chime.com slash Andy Florian. How about that? All
0: right. Good. I think that was uh,
3: nice to see you. We were just talking about Marina Rodriguez and Mackenzie Dern, and I wanted to get some technical thoughts on, on this, and then maybe we'll have a little bit of fun later in the Ray Longo minute. But uh, I don't know, man. For me, I just feel like the focus for Mackenzie Dern after this fight, I'm not a coach, but it should be wrestling. It should be offensive wrestling. It should be any means by which to get this fight to the floor, because if she can get it there three or four times a fight, I mean, certainly I don't have to tell you guys all it takes is once, but she's got to figure out a way to get this fight down three or four times on her own, and then I think she could potentially be a world champion, but not until she uh, figures out a way to do that. What do you think?
0: Uh, I agree with that. I caught caught, uh, Kenny's uh, last remarks. I do think – Look, I think what that girl has is is a never quit mentality that we saw the other day, which I love. I love more looking at the mental side. She's she was going for it, you know. She was outgunned in the stand up, but it it wasn't uh, you know, it wasn't deterring her. You know what I mean? So I I like that aspect of it. And you're you're right. You know, she has to look. She has to get a stand up a little better also, so she could get inside and and get what she wants. But she was. She did have her opportunities to take that fight to the floor, and she didn't and so um you know hats off to uh you know marina for for doing that uh, good takedown defense, but I think she's on the right track. I mean I still think she's young and uh she's been getting good fights and she's been growing and uh yeah that was a it was a, it was a good fight, but I think what i I took out of that fight is she's she's not going away easy. You know what I mean? She's never going to be an easy out. So she's got, I'd still continue that progress with the stand-up because she's, she's willing to throw, but you know, her distance is a little off. And, you know, sometimes when you don't have the experience, you get frozen a little bit, right? The girl's throwing the jab and she's throwing some offense that you have to see that shit over and over and over again to, you know, to be able to get in. So I think it's just a time thing. I think that's what Kenny maybe was alluding to, but I agree with that. I think, She's got the components to do it. Now she's just got to get in the gym and, you know, uh, and do it the right way. And, and again, the wrestling thing, 100%. But, you know, look, there's a lot of fights you look at. They're easy from the outside. You don't have to be a genius to know what to correct, you know. But the the person's got to be willing to go back in there and do it. I mean, I I still know guys that, you know, lost fights on, you know, takedowns that, that, that they're not putting the time in. They just, yeah. they, you know, they everybody right. goes back to what they love to do. You know, she right. might be on the floor rolling every day because her jujitsu is awesome, and that's what she likes to do. But she has to be forced into doing that yeah.
3: uh, well, to really all in the case get to the, the next level. Is- working hard and, and, and putting in a lot of the right work, but I think you yeah. guys both touched on the inexperience and she's five or six years younger than Marina Rodriguez. So right. Mackenzie Dern has time firmly on right. her side. Right. And, and yeah, you always talk, hang on. You always talk about, you know, a coach and how much time they spend with, with a pupil. When do you think she and Jason Prillo first started working together?
0: Right. Let me ask you that. No, I think it was. I don't. I think it was pretty recent. Yeah, September two
3: thousand twenty. So they've only had a year together. Right. They've had wild success and they've had a lot of fights. Yes, but I, only I a think, year of developmental time together. So.
0: Yeah, I think he's done a great job with it. And I like again, she's young, and she she's showing that she has the willingness to to improve and to take chances. And that's what I that's what I like about her. She, I I, I do think, I do think she'll be a champ someday. All right.
3: You heard it here first. Cody cut that up. When Mackenzie Dern becomes a champion on the other side, Marina Rodriguez, Kenny, I'll start with you on this. I guess. I don't know if I'm asking you if her ceiling is championship as much as I'm asking you how you think she stacks up with the rest of these elite straw weights. You know, I think there are easier matchups for lack of a better word than Mackenzie Dern, right? Like, I'm not, you know, Rose, I don't think is one of them, but I do think for Marina, given her style, there might be easier matchups. Carla might be the most difficult one. How do you think, Flo? And then I'll hear from Ray. Marina stacks up with the likes of Nama Yunus, Zhang Wei Li, Yoana, Carla Esparza, and Yan Xiaonan.
1: Well, it depends. I I think striking-wise, I I give her a shot. You know, there's no question about it. You know, is she at the level uh, of a Ioana quite yet? Potentially, she has a very similar style. Um, I think Rose and um, you know, Wei Lee are still at a little bit, you know, maybe uh, ahead above, perhaps. But you know, her matchup against Carla that that's always gonna be a tough one because she's just not a grappler. Carla is a takedown expert. You know exactly what she's gonna do. It's tough to stop it. And I think we saw that she is vulnerable against grapplers. She actually had one, you know, uh choke that was really tight on McKenzie, it seemed. But other than that, positionally, she has a lot of work to do. She's got to get her wrestling in order. She's got to get her jiu-jitsu to a higher level. And if she's able to do that, she has some time to, to build on that she and move her weakness. She could be a, a, you know, a champion. There's no question about it. She's got the toughness. She has the conditioning. She's a, a, a true pro. Um, I think her striking's already at a very high level. Um, and so I think she's knocking on that door. No question about it.
3: She passed a really difficult test, obviously, this weekend, Ray. She's like 15-1-2, only loss, of course, to Carla by split decision. Yeah. couple draws in the UFC, not necessarily full of power um, on the feet, but uh, what what do you think of Marina and, and how far she can go?
0: No, I think she's uh, – I'm going to – again, I'm going to agree with Kenny. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I like this fight for her because, look – when you know somebody can get you on the floor and submit you, yeah, that causes a hesitation, right? You might freeze up a little bit, but she really didn't. She survived that second round at the end, uh, which I actually missed because I was at a wedding. So I, I got right up until like the last 20 seconds of that round. And then I had to go you back danced? and watch the fight. Did you dance at the wedding or no? no, I got a bad hip. My hips killing me, but I'm good with the slow dances, John. So uh, you did <laughs> slow dance with your wife at the wedding? <laughs> Yeah, slow dance, stick my tongue in the And how was that? Ear. Was that good? Well, no, that no, wasn't good. No,
3: because you'd no,
0: rather no. be sitting down, right? For, you did it for her, right? Oh, 100%. <laughs> right. 100%. I yeah. did it for her. I understand. I, I ordered this one. This was like, uh was out in Montauk. So we were out well, there Because I like know 15. you
3: don't drink. So.
0: Yeah. Well, I had a couple of drinks. You did? <laughs> so what'd you have? What'd you have? I, I'm a gray goose
3: on All the right.
0: type All of right. guy. Good to you know. know. Right. But Today's
3: uh, bad hip. Ken flows, fucking stretching out his back during the rain long <laughs> I feel okay today. I'm probably on tomorrow. All... Oh so, did either of you catch the Kenny Florian shout out
1: on the broadcast this week? I I, I heard it. I I heard about it. I missed it. Somebody, I, I late. My brother, my brother did. My brother Mike. Uh, what, I, 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 my I man. You were comparing it to the Sean Shirk fight, right? Is was that was yes. that what happened? And shout out to. Blood. Shout wow. out to
3: my producer Zach Candido for reminding me of it in that moment, and then uh, <laughs> and then we were able to work it in there. But I'm glad that uh, you know,
1: always I'm looking glad I'm not persona stuff. non grata on the on the broadcast that I, my name is yeah. still not on a list that I can't. So not Zaz- at all. Zach, not at all.
0: Wait, so You're saying, John, Zach is actually allowed to mention his name on the broadcast <laughs> <table> <laughs> without yeah. losing his job?
3: Yeah, exactly. Did, I'm, I'm, I'm happy, happy about, about that. that.
0: that's pretty good because I will tell you, yeah. If Zach Candido would have mentioned Ariel Hawani, everybody would have got thrown out.
3: Well, Kenny <laughs> <told> us,
0: <laughs> Shout we to were,
3: Zach. what's up. When we were when we were doing MMA Live in 2007, eight, nine, whatever, um, Kenny told us a story about the Sean Shirk fight that he was tasting rust and iron for a long time after the fight. So that was what we said. So no, and I'm fine. glad that Mike Florian Delicious. heard it. Um yeah. So, Kenny, you were really impressed with Randy Brown. And uh, he obviously was none too thrilled with Jared Gooden coming in at 174 pounds. And, you know, Jared Gooden walking to the scale, you know, last guy to weigh in or second to last. Mackenzie Durham was last. But, you know, Jared Gooden not not struggling walking to the scale. You know what I mean? So some bad aesthetics, some bad visuals for Randy Brown. The guy comes in at 174 pounds and forfeits maybe 20% of a $12,000 purse. You know how it goes. But, Ken Flo, Randy Brown is – is a five tool player. He's got a great frame for this division. Um, He's humble. He's coachable. He's doing the right things in terms of getting different looks in his training. Uh, he, He did get a shot against Vicente Luque last year in the top 15, but I think now he's, he's really ready to make
1: that run. What do you think? Ray and I have been telling you, watch out for Randy Brown. Go tell your friends he's a damn problem at 170 pounds. It seems like he's come to find his style and know who he is as a fighter. That was evident, I think, in his last fight. He was just comfortable. He was relaxed. He was loose to me. That's a sign of a fighter that's really coming into his own and is aware of himself and what he brings into the octagon. Um, and I just thought it was an amazing performance against a, a dude in Gooden who is tough as oh. nails. I and mean, what do you got to do to knock that guy out? Um, the stance switches, the slipping and ripping—you know—he was moving extremely well. He fights well going forwards. He fights well going backwards um his boxing is kicking you know dealing with that dislocated toe all that stuff nothing was going to deter him deter him from getting that win that night that's what it seemed like it seemed yep. like it, it doesn't matter what you were trying to do to that kid he was going to get the win he looked comfortable um and yeah, he he's a problem, dude. It, it was a it was a beautiful fight to watch, and a, a credit to Gooden as well, uh, who really brought it and was not backing yeah. down. I think a lot of inferior fighters would have gone down a few times during that fight.
0: Yeah, no, he but he he look, look he looked phenomenal. Uh, I think he's always looked phenomenal, but I think. You know, mentally, he is coming into himself. The confidence yeah. is what what the key was. I don't know if he had the confidence because, look, I've seen him in the gym a couple of years ago. He's huge, and he's got great tools, man. He really does. So, yeah. it, it. you know, you could have that, not have the belief in yourself. It's not going to get you far. But yeah. now it looks like he's starting to have the belief in himself and just, uh, you're right, his, his boxing, his, his footwork, the movement, uh, long, the kicks, I mean, if you're a new guy having to face him, that's a freaking nightmare. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he, you know, if when you get chances to have good growing fights, it makes a big difference, right? So the UFC, I mean, the matchmakers could kill you or they could help you. Uh, and this was a great fight for him to grow, and I think that's going to make him that much better. Yeah, and uh, give him a, give him another shot at a, at a at a at a top fifteen guy now and see what happens cause, Yeah. Uh,
3: I don't want to, I don't want to be too repetitive because I know a lot of our listeners and viewers did watch the broadcast, but you know, Randy's dad has been incarcerated for the last 28 years and he was able to watch him fight live for the first time. Ken Flo sort of dovetails with your point. Like he was just not going to be denied on this evening, whether it was going to be his toe injury or any other variable getting in the way, it was not going to deter him. Um, And I do think Jared Gooden will be heard from got to get the weight issues intact, but, uh, what a chin on that guy, you know? Um, And I do also want to say about Randy Brown, you know, his head coach, Nardu Debra, not unlike Marcio Malco for Marina Rodriguez, doesn't get nearly the credit he deserves, but Uh, allowing Randy to go to Kings MMA and some of these other places, get some different looks. And Randy said, he came back just encouraged as to how he stacks up. You know, when you talk about a lot of the elite guys under Rafael Cordero's roof that, that obviously welcomed in Randy Brown and he felt like he stacked up pretty well. So I'm excited to see how they, uh, they matchmake him moving forward. Um, I do want to hit on a few other performances from this UFC fight night before I get to my conversation with uh Nevada State Athletic Commissioner Jeff Mullen on the Kyle Dacus, Kevin no. Holland situation. Um, Ken Flo, I know you really enjoyed Matthews, Nikolau, and Tim Elliott, but I want to talk about Maria Agapova. Did anybody see that fight against Sabina Mazzo? I did
1: not. I missed Kazakhstan, it. I... Maria
3: Agapova now training exclusively at American top team sunrise under Roger crawl. There've been some interesting things happening at American top team. Um, Mm. and there are more restrictions in terms of which coaches and athletes can come and when they can come. So just two on this card, right? Charles Rosa, the longtime American top team staple and Maria Agapova are no longer training at coconut Creek, Florida at all. And I don't know if that's because of anyway, so yeah. Roger Kroll is with Maria Agapova, and the big focus was, was patience and not going crazy. And it was just a striking clinic, and then she choked her out in a second. Ken Flo, that's actually one you should go back and watch. But 100%. since you did see the flyweights, um, you know, I know James Krause, um, who's going to be on our podcast here coming up in a few weeks, and we're very excited to have him. Um, James Krause thought Tim Elliott beat Nico Lau. I did not. Um, I thought Nico Lau won the last two rounds. Kenny, what did you think of the feature bout at flyweight, flyweight there?
1: You know, we're talking about a lot of guys that, that don't get enough credit. I think Team Novu Niao is one of those teams that don't get enough credit for the level of talent that they've produced. Um, and it sounds silly, right? I mean, they're a team that produced Jose Aldo, but still, you know, I, I think they're a team that really stresses mastering the basics, right? But then there's a sophistication to what they do. Um, and I think a lot of these intelligent fighters that are well-schooled, they know how to make adjustments mid-fight. And that really was the difference to me. 100 percent You know, I, I, unfortunately, I, I disagree with James Krause as well. I, I thought Tim Elliott showed a lot of heart. Um, he showed a lot of skill. He was right there with them. But to me, he didn't win the fight. He won the first round for yeah. sure. Second, uh, it was Matthews and uh, Nicolau that was pulling away. And then the third, again, uh Nicolau won that won that round as well. So um. Uh, yeah, I was just really impressed with uh, the maturity of, of Nicolau. I was I was impressed with his striking, of course, his takedown game, both offensively and defensively, I think was the difference here against Tim Elliott, who was a very confusing guy to fight. I mean, not a lot of people could just adjust to a, a weird, awkward style like a Tim Elliott. Tim Elliott is an excellent fighter who had a lot of momentum heading into this fight, but Nicolau found a way. He found his adjustments. It looked like it wasn't going to go that way. It looked like he was just... Totally confused in that first round. So to switch it around and yeah. come back and do what he did, to me, just really wowed me, and I was just super impressed by that performance. Great fight
0: by both of yeah. yeah, I think the worst part of that fight uh, for me, because I, I, I think Nikolai won also, I think Tim Elliott gave away the fight. I think that's the problem. You could yeah. see that Tim Elliott – was the more talented guy at, at spots. Right. I mean, he definitely is tricky. He's been in the game a long time, but it's almost works against him. He gets too. he almost looked like sparring partner syndrome, like where there was no urgency, where the other guy was showing urgency after the first round to come back. I think Tim Elliott goes back and James Krause and Tim Elliott kicks himself in the head. I think he gave that fight away uh, just by like almost being too comfortable. You know what I mean? Like, again, it, it just looked like sparring partner syndrome to me. He yeah. wasn't he wasn't going for it where the other guy stayed focused. He started attacking the liver. I think he had a couple of good body shots. Yeah, right. And uh, he was the guy that looked like he was pushing forward and winning to me. So it was yeah. a very it was a close fight, though. Uh, but again, the worst thing for me is it looked like it could have been an easy fight for Tim Elliott. Yeah. And somehow that went south. And that's what's got to be addressed is that. I mean, we, you got to stop fucking around and just go yeah. for it. Cause the kid definitely has talent. He's got good coaching over there. So I think, I think in hindsight, even though they, they think he won and they have that right because it was a close fight. Yeah. I think they have to concentrate on why didn't, why wasn't it a blowout like the first round? That's what I would be looking at. Yeah. I mean, the guy did make some adjustments, but not that many adjustments. I think the other guy got way too comfortable and he thought he was winning. And that's what and that was good enough for him, and that's why he lost the fight to me.
3: Yeah. And James Krause has since posted on Instagram. Not that he's necessarily you know, owning his reaction after the fact because I yeah. think there's a lot of emotion involved, but uh, yeah. you know, he's certainly using this as an opportunity to grow as as a head coach. And I will sort of to piggyback upon what Kenny was saying about Nova Uniao, Matthews Nikolau. Right? He's had two huge layoffs in his career because of injury and other things. Right? He values developmental time to such an extent that's why he had all this time off after the Manel Cop fight, which, by the way, was another fight in which he made great adjustments and another close fight that I thought he won. He leaves no stone unturned when it comes to his training. You know, he went to Jackson Wink in Albuquerque, New Mexico, way back when, when he was just a kid, you know, Eduardo Alonso's in his corner. He's worked a lot at Damian Mayas, gym, Nova Unyao. Like you're absolutely yeah. right, Kenny. And it's amazing to me how often, and I know people think I kiss your ass, Kenny, but it's amazing to me how often you pick up on things when you're not like, it's like, you're not even there. Right. And you're picking up on all these things that like are part of my fabric and my preparation, like your intuition, um, if I had half of it, you know, I wouldn't have to work nearly as hard. You know, <laughs> it's like you were there during fight week. Honestly, when you pick up on things thematically, it's pretty uh, incredible. Um, uh,
1: uh, um I, Again, you know, just just for for Matthews, I I think he's someone to watch in that division. And, and again, you know, we talk about it a lot, but 135 pounds. I mean, they're just it, it's it, they're a bunch of killers. I mean, the talent level at 135 pounds it's just stupid, um, you know, yeah. so good luck, you know, just cracking the top 15, let alone getting the top five or, you know, getting a title shot. Um, it, it's amazing the level uh, of that weight class these days. And um, but I yeah. do think that uh, Nikolai is going to be one of those guys who's going to continue to climb the rankings. Watch out for him. He's very consistent. And I think he'll only get better. And that's one of those fights where he's learned. I mean, I like pick up yeah. a lot. Oh, no
3: doubt. Pain in the ass to fight. Not only that, that I'm very very happy to have that fight behind you. Real quick, this from uh, at the James Krause. I made a huge coaching error tonight that I'm sure is going to haunt me for some time to come going into the third. I thought for 100 percent sure we took rounds one and two, regardless of if that was true or not. I should have pushed him to work up in the third and I didn't win, lose or draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. good stuff from James Krause, who uh, yeah. on my every- 2020 Anakin Florian podcast AFPA for Coach of the Year. Go ahead, Ray. Yeah.
0: I think I think uh, Kraus is a, a young guy who's got a great. I mean, he's already done great things in the sport. But the fact that he even posted that, I think, is a great sign that he'll he'll evolve and then. And, and you know, Elliot. Again, I think he's got you know, like again, he's got all the tools. He's been around forever. Fought for the title, right? Didn't he fight Demetrius Johnson? Almost had yep. him in trouble at the beginning. but he's, And that was early in the fight, too. So I think he's got to concentrate on staying focused for three rounds. I think yeah. he gets off a little bit, and that's what we saw. But I think Krause could make that adjustment easy with him. All right. Two other things
3: that I have to get to with you. And then if you have any local, regional guys that oh, you want to shout out, by all means, we're going to do that of- in a minute. We're going to do that I in know, a minute. Know right? you I know how so much you love that. Okay, that's the kick. You love point. it. All right. First thing I have for you today on a regular Monday, you know, sometimes I feel like, man, I'm texting Ray. Hey, are you good? 1130 a.m. Eastern. It's like I've texted you three hundred and fucking nineteen straight Mondays. Like so a regular yeah. Monday for you obviously includes this podcast for the last six yes. and a half years. Right. Yeah. So when is your first obligation on a Monday that isn't this show? Like, do you have a, a lesson at one o'clock? Like, when would your day start if you didn't have to wake up for this show? Well, uh, one o'clock. One, what
0: happens at one? I, I start teaching. I do a couple okay. of private All lessons, right. and I work out. So, from, what if someone
3: wants a private Monday at 9 a.m.? They can't get that, right? Because you're sleeping.
0: Uh, that? That's not happening. Okay. All right. I start laughing when they ask me. That, I start giggling. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
3: well, I have good news. I have good news. We're pushing the show time back, beginning in November, a full
0: hour. So. Wow. Yeah. That's so hard. I don't
3: know if it'll affect your commute. Are you home right now? Yes. Would you like to go slow dance with your wife? We could put a no.
0: Uh, that would be a negative. OK. Yeah. <laughs> right.
3: No, I just I feel I think there are a lot of husbands out there at, at weddings and like, you know, just waiting for that wife to come <laughs> over and be like, you know, you going to dance. No, I'm not going to fucking dance on it. Would you like a divorce? <laughs>
0: Uh, right. It's, it's been going on for years. Yeah. So don't worry <laughs>
3: no, I think I'm going to a wedding with my wife for the first time in a long time in November of 2022. If this wonderful couple decides to invite us and I already got to lay the foundation. It's like, I, I don't know if there are enough recreational drugs and whiskey in the world to get me to get up on the dance floor with you.
0: What about the slow dancing? You could do that, right?
3: Yeah, I'm more of a fast dance guy,
0: you know. I oh, went to refused, John's
3: wedding.
1: Yeah. This guy can dance. He's, he's full of
3: shit. He, he can, can, can dance. Well.
1: Yeah.
3: A lot him of him and his brother he can, can dance. I've well. seen it. Wow. Wow. I can't fucking twerk, Cody. No, I can't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Moves like Cruz, yeah. Um. All right, my second thing with you. So, my man, Jeff Mullen, former executive director of the Tennessee State Athletic Commission and now chief assistant to Bob Bennett for the Nevada State Athletic Commission. So, I walked right up to him. Uh, 7.50 a.m. Pacific on Friday morning. I was like, Jeff, I got to talk to you about that. You know, um, what the fuck happened with Kyle? Du-? No, um, I just got some clarity. You're, oh, you're wow. right in so far as I didn't get a ton of clarity, okay? But I basically said to him everything I said on the podcast. And, you know, he didn't necessarily have a direct answer when I said Dan Mergliata could be seen saying just leave it the way it is. And then he yeah. walked back. No, he but, yeah, but
0: he didn't say. So, um, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you because everybody's jumping on me with that, but I did. Th- I think Dan said I'm. I am going to leave it the way it is. Not yes. that I think. I think I'm going to yes. leave it the way it is. Yes, yeah.
3: let's leave it the way it is. Yes. Yeah. So, but basically, what I was able to find out, because again, for me, part of the reason I was soliciting information is because I had to call the fights the next day, and I wanted to know where the power resides. So. Maybe this will fall on deaf ears, but without question, the power still resides with the referee. So Dan Mergliata can override the collective, the review official that they call the RO. So to me, that's not necessarily what happened, but I have to take the commissioner at his word that that's what happened. You know, Herb Dean laid out the options and Dan Mergliata seemingly reversed course. So. I have that for you, um, but the power resides with the referee, and I think a more convicted official, and I say that with respect to Dan Mergliata, whom I really like, but I think a more convicted official who can be seen audibly saying just leave it the way it is doesn't then reverse course. He leaves it the way it is, and obviously that's not what happened here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't even know what you just said because it doesn't clear up anything. But, <laughs> but well, my I big didn't big,
3: know I a week ago like, if still had in. the power because it looked like the yeah. RO had the power. That's all.
0: What the but RO? The, what do you mean the, the, review, the RO? The review the official. Review. Yeah, a hundred percent. You could anything. Of course they do. All right. They convinced him to change that decision. You I saw agree. it. I you actually I saw it. They, they look. at smoke and mirrors, right? The ref. He did. He made his decision. And then they told him it mean, was the wrong decision. Right, Wait, we need to go through this again. Like with it.
3: Right. No, I. <laughs> I'm just saying that that now, if that were to play out on a broadcast that way, I could then say to the audience, you know, I've been told in no uncertain terms that the power resides the, with the referee, but it sure looks to me like it didn't in this instance. It seemed like the review officials sort of, you know, had the persuasive ability
0: ability to, no, to wield yeah. the power. No, they'll, they'll correct that though. You know, they'll turn off the microphones, you know, they'll make sure nobody can hear it. That's how they're going to correct it. They're not going to correct it the right way. They're going to correct <laughs> it by uh, Herb stop whispering in his ear. Let's uh, <laughs> yeah. see, let's yeah. see if we could keep Sean Shelby in his seat. So he doesn't get involved. I mean, everybody, involved. Yeah, everybody, Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. the guy said, I'm, I'm keeping it the way it is. Uh, Dan, you're wrong. Yeah. Okay. I'll change it. I mean, that's, that's really what happened. You yeah. know, like, Dan, I think you should do this. Okay, that's what I'll do. He didn't. We he have a argument. It wasn't like, no, but look at this. This is the way I think it should. So know.
3: I'm just a fan first. Kenny knows that. Yeah. So the Dawkins brothers are going to be on the Anakin Florin podcast next week, both Chris and Kyle together, just so that I can look Kyle in the eye and say, dude, you got fucking hosed. Just, I just want to hear what he's going to say. I know the fans get mad when I say he got hosed and and you know how much I care at 43 years of age. But I'm just I want to look him in the eye and, and hear what he has to say about
0: this, you know? I mean... Yeah, I don't... It, John, I don't know if he got hosed because, like, again, there was, that was a vicious but headbut, accidental headbutt. But it was enough to change the course of that fight. It was unfortunate. So I don't know about getting hosed. He got hosed as far as the fight continuing and then getting it taken away from him. But if Dan would have stopped that fight at the headbutt and given that guy a chance to recover and then restarted, who knows what would have happened? But sure. he got sure. hosed on the after. He didn't get. There wasn't a. There w- it was a foul and it was accidental. But yeah. that was a vicious headbutt. The guy did go out, <clears throat> and from that point on, I think anything goes.
3: And I'm sure that's not the way Kyle wants to submit. I, it, I, 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 I
0: think he does. Yeah.
3: Anyway, think, did you watch uh, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder? I missed that fight. I heard it was oh, great. Man. Yeah. I missed it. I was flying back, but I was able to uh, to watch it after the fact. And uh, I don't know, man. Boxing, when it hits, man, it's just yeah, incredible. It's, it's unbelievable.
0: It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that 100%. It's
3: uh, it's just a, I can't even describe it. You know, I really can't describe, Kenny, what what it's like to to cover a big boxing pay-per-view in Las Vegas and have the fight actually deliver. Now, I have a list of fights that I covered. And unfortunately, I think towards the end of my career as a boxing journalist, most of the fights I covered did not deliver. You know, I mean, I went mm. to some real stinkers, right. but um, in the in the days of Marco Antonio Barrera and Eric Morales and Manny Pacquiao, those were the Amazing fights I was fights. covering. It was like, you know, and I'm still trying to, like, find that, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. you never I don't think you're ever going to find that depth. But uh, when the, like you say, when they hit, though, those big the heavyweights, especially. Yeah, it's huge. And that, I mean, I saw clips, but I didn't see the fight, but it seemed like a phenomenal fight. What I everybody wants like, Mayweather down.
3: and uh Ricky Hatton, December 8th, yes. 2007. Wow, nice. That was a good that was a good fight. 38 and 0 versus 43. And zero. very memorable because Bert Sugar told Check me to bet on Floyd.
4: Mayweather.
3: Yeah, but Bert Sugar told me to bet uh Floyd Mayweather by round 10 knockout on our mouthpiece boxing show. So I went and bet it uh because I didn't have a document preventing me from betting on boxing. And uh we hit the tenth round. TKO.
0: Wow. Um yeah.
3: all right, Ray. Um, so, uh, how did it go on the regional scene last weekend and who's competing this weekend?
0: Well, this weekend we got, a uh, we got Steve, the manager, Lee, you know, one of my favorite people. Wow, Steve he's Lee fighting. is
3: accruing a lot of experience during he's, this. He's trying though. to get
0: as it much sure experience. Is. I'm going to, I'm going to forget somebody, but Anthony DeLemme's fighting, uh, my girl, uh, Jenny Nadell uh, <clears throat> fight a kickboxing match. Oh, wow.
3: You got a um, lot of
0: really happy for people
3: huh? near and dear to you are competing oh yeah
0: yeah there's a big weekend diana caravis and i hope i mean i hope that's it i'm trying to think of the board right. uh and mean next week we head out to the uh tropicana for the ring of combat we got a couple of title fights on the regional circuit that these guys are 100 uh, going to deliver so i think uh oh, man. oh and let me wait i almost forgot we also have uh uh nazim uh naz fighting on uh he's out in a show in texas houston i believe this weekend too so uh people are all over the place there's a lot of fights coming up in the next couple of weeks and uh it's a good good vibe at the gym man last night was good great sparring great group of guys and uh everybody's pulling you know everybody's got each other's backs just a good, good energy in the gym. And uh, yeah, so I'm excited. Wait, one thing I want to mention last week too, is I, I happened to watch the show with your brother and uh, Bilal. Oh, remember the show. I was, it was pretty cool. Me, your brother, I swear to God, I thought it was you. I can't get old (laughs) Danny, but I tell you, he's very, very, very knowledgeable. I didn't realize he was into the sport this much. He seems like he had a lot of stuff even at his fingertips. You know what I mean? Like, he was, yeah, he
3: watches, he watches more than I do,
0: you know, I, um, I'm, you, I'm not, it just was, it was crazy. And he had on Giga and uh, Marab. That's why I turned right. it on. Well, actually yeah. they was, were
3: trying to have it be you versus Marab, as you well know, but you weren't available on that Thursday night. Yeah. And what a coup that they were able to get Giga Chikadze, um, but they want to have you on and they were yeah. humbled by your praise, obviously. And And if you don't know, yes, I am a true monozygotic twin. A yeah, real identical I, twin, one placenta, same DNA. Wow. So yeah, I think for people like you who see and hear him for the first time, unbelievable.
0: Like, wow. Yeah. But I was even just impressed with his uh, his acumen with the with with MMA. Man, it was crazy, and the way he speaks is, speaks well. And uh, they had that thing was funny with Marab because you know he doesn't yeah. really get the English too much. So the first fight when they 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 say you got to say bully and then they put up nicknames and they put raging and Murab's just standing there and I'm like well this guy's got to be kidding me <laughs> right. but he didn't you know he didn't really know the rules and right. it, was, it was pretty funny those guys were entertaining for sure well
3: certainly Giga Chikadze is fluent in English and I told my brother before the show yeah. with Murab, he speaks English I think better than he understands it so less is more in terms of ta- that's been my I said yeah. less is more in terms of what you give to him is that not yeah. true
0: i would you know, I think when you're in front of him, like when you're having a conversation, when you're with them, yeah. you know, you can take the time and explain and there's facial expressions. And I think right. it helps out a lot. I think when you do like a a phone conversation with him, it's totally different. And yeah. even something like, you know, Skype or Zoom, I think is a little different because I mean, he's but he is way better. Yeah. He 100 percent understands everything. When he when he gets it, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it took him time. It took him one or two times, but he got the bully thing. But the first one, it it, yeah. took, it, it, it did take a mistake to get it. But then yeah. once he had it, he was fine. So he he does get it. But he's it, just they're both really good guys. And, to, you know, just oh. see those guys in a setting like that, I thought was. great. Yeah. no, it was great. Georgia
3: versus Georgia. Well, remember the show is on this very Anakin Florent Podcast YouTube channel live every Thursday night. Uh Bilal Mohammed and Jason Annick will be back this week. They want to get both of you guys on, maybe against each other. So uh gotta make that happen.
0: But well, Ray, I, if you I, don't have anything else, yeah. I could tell you right now I'm losing. I, I I don't think I got one right. I got raging out That was about it.
3: Yeah, I was actually <laughs> fearful going into my head-to-head matchup with platinum Mike Perry. And uh I got out to a huge lead and then he came roaring back and I was uh wow. I was not in a good place, but we were able to hold on for the win. So one to no on Remember the show. Um but thanks for the kind words about my bro. You know, he works hard, he preps, you know, which probably yeah, no, no, that, you
0: could you could see it 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 comes through. You could a hundred percent see it. Yeah. Well hey, you know,
3: this channel has gotten work for a lot of people out there. So uh oh, yeah, gonna, sure. Hey, uh Ray, have a uh have a great day and a better evening, huh? Thanks for your time right. as always. And uh
0: and when do we show start back
3: an hour? beginning in November? Oh, so yeah. oh, beginning
0: November. So we still got we'll have time.
3: to talk to you to make sure that, uh, you know, it dovetails with your schedule, you know, because we want to make sure that at 1 p.m. you're ready for the Jenny Nadels of the world and Nas. Yes, so, so, and so, so, so if you can say Nassim's last name right now, I'll give you a hundred bucks. Just try. <laughs> He's your fighter. <laughs> <laughs> He's your fighter. Everybody's got, everybody's, <laughs> yeah. you know,
0: everybody's got a nickname in the gym. All right. What's Marab's last name? Can you pronounce that? The no, <laughs> try again. Davalish Shelley.
3: <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I, he was
0: I, was, I, I know. I, got, I thought he got kicked off. Yeah. What's funny. his last name? Smarty Pants. <laughs> so, the
3: V's, what's Smarty Pants? I just have a file on my phone. I, he's your fighter. And, he's your fighter. Uh, the V's are pronounced as W's, so it's Dwalish
0: Willie. Shelley. What? <laughs> unbelievable wow that's the way so so the what are the, what did he else pronounced as?
3: i don't know there's no shelly in there hey do you <laughs> think extra, do you think extra rounds would have hired you without your work on this podcast i <laughs> think you have the unfiltered would have hired you uh as the replacement host right. without the anacomploring podcast. i got
0: whatsoever. no idea i'm just surprised i'm still here to be honest yeah. so, <laughs> i don't know how to answer oh, that question. Man. all right well, that
3: hopefully you take our call next monday um thank you ray cody can all you right. get him out of here please <laughs>
1: he's the best
4: He's the Yeah. That's oh, hilarious. my God. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. I-,
1: I knew you were going to call him out. I was like, you're going to call him out on the last name thing. And you finally did. That's well, hilarious. notice how I let it go. And, yeah, uh- yeah. <laughs> it
3: it it came around again.
1: Well, he only says first names. So yeah,
4: yeah, yeah.
3: And it's like he wants nothing more than to plug the local guys, and then he gets anxiety because he doesn't know their names. He's so excited when it's like, Yeah, Steve Lee. You know, everybody can't yeah. be Steve Lee, you know, how yeah. easy that is for, to pronounce, you know, Anthony right. Dilemmi, you know, yeah. <laughs> who I think cornered Aljo, you know, he could drop a <laughs> Dilemmi on you, you know. But if you're not <laughs> born in the United States, forget about forget or
1: you. Italy. Yeah. yeah, right. Or Italy. Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, all right, it's time for the pronunciation of the week as we call on our executive producer, Cody Merrow, and we will soon get to the main event challenge, but not before we welcome in Cody, fresh from a family wedding trip to New Hampshire. We congratulate your sister. You heard Thank for you. certain a little bit. Quick turn for you after uh, after the travel.
4: Oh, I'm good to go. And hey, John, if L's are pronounced as W's, then Ray Longo Fight Team hasn't had any L's, so. <laughs> all, right. all right, there you go. Let's go. Look at that <laughs> shirt. <Are those laughs> nah, ah, yes. What is that shirt? Uh, are those available pod boys yeah available in the store
3: with the Pet boys is that
4: a plan yeah brilliant is that how do i get how do i get me one of them yeah and the purple one looks like um steve harvey so i can't really use any of the darker ones (laughs) yeah but that's I think it looks, the Kenny one is just look how attractive that guy is. Yeah, look All at right. that! Wow, yeah. oh, <laughs> that great. Those beady little eyes. Wow. Yeah, but so anyway, John, I won't take up a lot of your time. The fighter you're going to ask for. Well, hang on. Let me just ref-
3: well, hang on a second, because I have well, a little setup here. I mean, I'm I know you, you have the a show, you know, privilege privileges. Like, Why? Because our because our guest has been waiting nine minutes. You know. Yeah, you know. All right, this man faces Brandon Davis as part of the prelim portion this Saturday on ESPN+. Plus. Good to see Mississippi's Brandon Davis back in the UFC. But the fighter we need, Cody, is a Mongolian bantamweight who has won two in a row, nicknamed Storm. Who is he?
4: Dana Batgaree. All right, let's hear Dana Bat-giri. Whoa. Kenny, Dana Batgaree. Dana Batgaree. Excuse I me? I can't roll my R, so. Oh, what do you want?
3: That's a tough one, right, Kenny?
4: You glad
1: you
3: You're glad he you doesn't fight in the, in, the, in the Premier Fighters League. I'm, tapp- I'm
1: tapping, dude.
3: All right. I'm tapping so, out. So, Cody, it was close, right? If I was really to nitpick, you got... No, I'll give you the point. I'll give you the point. You should have heard a gobble on the post-fight
4: show. That's all I'll say. Huh.
3: Syllabically, your emphasis was perfect on Dana Bot geri It's not bat like baseball bat, though. It's bot. So bat. it's like more like bot mitzvah than baseball bat. So it's Dana botgeri. Can you roll your R's? Could you, um, could you like, really... But
4: throw Giri. fancy on him if you Giri. had to. But Giri. Okay. Pay per view yeah. Bagiri is mm-hmm. going to be really impressive. Either but way, I have a test for you guys. So I, I had a pronunciation of the week at the wedding, to be honest. So Wait, I have to get up. Are you up- giving him the point? Are you giving him the point, John, or what?
3: I was gonna give him the point. I mean, he's you know, he's five and eleven or whatever. Oh, to, yeah. to, you know, would you like to hold back the point, Kenny? No,
1: I I, I don't <laughs> I, mean, I can't hear I couldn't really hear his pronunciation of it. Like it's forty five years pretty, old, Kenny.
3: I don't know what
1: to I know it's the ears we are little.
3: so much closer to fifty than thirty, it's disgusting. Dude, you know? I was with Paul Felder me. this weekend. He's like, I can't we were talking about you competing, you know, because <laughs> president of Team Florida, I'm always fucking pushing my agenda and Felder's like, I can't believe Kempflo's forty five. And I was like, "Dude, well, I'm 43," and he's like, "Yeah, but Kenny's a fighter." I'm like, "Fuck you, that."
1: <laughs>
4: exactly. It's like dog years. You got to multiply yeah, by right. seven
1: or something. Yeah. yeah.
4: Well, uh, so I'm 28. My sister just got married. Crazy. I had to have a pronunciation of the week at the wedding. So, John, I tried to follow your advice: practice, practice, practice. Right. So this name is what I had to say. So I'd like you guys to just take a stab at it.
3: All right. So uh, if you are only listening, it is spelled O B E R G E F E L L. Um, so I will say Obergefell.
4: Kenny?
1: I would have said Obergefell as well.
4: Yeah. And that's what I said in the 15 times rehearsing it. But then when I got up to say it, of course, I went, just straight mouth when I'm trying to say it. The rest of it was perfect. But so are you saying we both just got it right? Oh yeah, oh, and then oh, so. Get so, the so fuck out you, of here
3: you, then. You, I go get your you, burger, pal? <laughs> Two and <0. laughs> For the paid broadcasters on the see how good a sport Cody is for the sake of the show. He just gets himself right out of the room. No he does. Need you. I love that kid. Yeah. Lifeblood of the show. Absolutely love that kid show would not be by the way too, if anybody wants to follow Cody Merrill on social media or at Anna Florian pod. Honestly, if you appreciate this content that will be free for the rest of your lives um, or the rest of our lives, I should say, because we're very close right. to 50. Um, <laughs> Cody is the reason this show is, is going as strong as we humbly believe it is. Cody's so the I just want to say that. Um, all right. Let's make some picks. Time for the main event challenge. It's the main event
1: challenge. Anik. The time is most definitely now. Florian, I finished fights. I'm going to do everything possible to win. The main event challenge. The John Annick and Kenny Florian podcast.
3: Yeah, that got a little bit out of hand. But joining us to make picks today from FightFreaks.co, Nathan Phillips on social media. You can find him at Nate Phillips MMA. Good to have you with us, my man. So where do you live exactly?
2: I'm in Oklahoma City now. I was in California for about a year, but just moved back. This is where I'm originally from.
3: Okay. So do you watch like all 41 of these live events? Like how does how does your MMA viewership, I mean, are you like watching seven hours, 41 Saturdays a year? Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't miss a second and and then it gets worse than that. You know, there's the press conferences, the, you know, the media shows, you name it. If I can get my hands on it, I'm watching it. It's, it's pretty bad. You
3: watch the PFL and Bellator and all that stuff. Yeah. 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 I don't,
2: I I do miss some of those occasionally, but if I've got, you know, the time I'm watching those too. Right.
3: You know, if you miss some of those occasionally, it's fine. You know, as long as you want to. So um, three picks for us today. We will begin at middleweight. Julian Marquez, minus 225. Jordan Wright, plus 185. So Marquez has won two in a row with as many bonuses bonuses, since he returned from a near three-year layoff. Never been finished as a pro, uh, but he draws a guy here who has a lot of violent finishes on his resume, the Beverly Hills Ninja, Jordan Wright. Well-trained under Anthony Hardonk and Vladimir Matyushenko, the janitor. Uh, Nate, who do you have here, Marquez favored over
2: Jordan Wright? Uh, You know, this fight's a little bit of a sleeper to me. I think they could actually have some potential for a fight in the night here. Uh, When I look at it, I see a couple of glaring things. Uh, Number one, Jordan Wright is the more dynamic striker uh, as far as variety of shots he can throw and uh, angles from which he can throw them. I think he's going to have a considerable speed advantage. Uh, Marquez on the other hand, he kind of tends to get lit up early in his fights and then come back to win. Um, I think this fight will be the same. I, you know, he's got that granite chin. He's got good cardio considering all the muscle he's carrying around. And, uh, as basic as it sounds, I think he's just going to out tough Jordan, Wright. Um, so I know you don't actually need a method on this one, but just as kind of a bonus, I actually see Marquez getting a submission late in this fight.
3: How about that? I like this Nate Phillips cat, right? You can tell he's not nervous at all. Dulcet tones. So, yeah, Kenny, I mean, Jordan Wright is is a really interesting cat because some of these finishes are just some of the more violent finishes that I've seen in that seat, right? The way these bodies just cripple and he's such a humble kid. It's sort of like a weird thing how he just destroys these guys. Um, Good test for him, I think, at this stage of his career against Julian Marquez. Uh, What do you think about this main card opener here at uh, 185 pounds?
1: Yeah, I think Nate did a great breakdown here. I, I think Jordan Wright is definitely the more dynamic striker. I think there's um, a lot of tools that he uses out there that can be very tricky. Kind of has that karate style, bounces really well in and out. Uh, but it seems like it seems to fade a little bit over time. And that's when Julian Marquez gets stronger as a fighter. Um And I couldn't agree more. I I do think that Julian is a bit of a slow starter. Um, He's got to be careful early on because, again, Jordan Wright, I think, has more tools on the feet. Um, He is more dynamic. Got to watch out for that kick that comes up very quickly. Um, but I think once Julian finds his timing and rhythm out there, I think Julian can make it um, more of a scrap. And when he does that, I think that the fight will favor him. If he can get on the inside, if he can wrestle Jordan down to the, the mat a little bit, that's going to be a huge advantage for him as well. Um, so I think if he can make it a grinding fight, if he can make it a scrap, get on the inside, uh, I like Julian Marcus to win as well.
3: And another interesting layer, we talked a lot about James Krause in the corner of Tim Elliott. Opportunity for James to get right back on the horse this weekend in the corner of, of Julian Marquez with uh with that sort of newfound J- experience.
1: James might even take a fight. Who knows?
3: Yeah, you never know. All <laughs> right, <come laughs> at heavyweight, we will take a round and a method of victory, Nate. Uh, it's a pick'em according to DraftKings Sportsbook right now. Andre Arlovsky, minus 110. Carlos Felipe, minus 110. 36th UFC appearance for the 42-year-old Andre Arlovsky. Debuted at UFC 28. In November of 2000, Arlovsky has not finished anyone since 2015, but he has won three of four, Nate. And now he draws Brazil's Carlos Felipe. What do you think about this one?
2: Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, who doesn't love Andre Arlovsky? Remember when he had the long hair and the mouthpiece with the fangs? I mean, what what a stud. And he's still going. He's even surging now. Um, Won three of his last four. Uh, the win out of those that really got my attention was that Tanner Bowser win. Uh, I'll admit I didn't see that coming. I did lose money on that, but yeah. small price to pay for the pit bull to surge late. Uh, and then Felipe, on the other hand, he's won uh, three in a row, and anybody who does that is worthy of our attention. He hadn't really shown himself to be a knockout artist thus far in the UFC, and I don't think he's going to knock out Arlovsky. I think that uh, you know, is more defensively sound and better footwork these days. I actually kind of see him just outpointing Felipe here and getting enough rounds to win the decision. So give me Arlovsky by decision.
3: Arlovsky by decision for Nate Phillips. Yeah, it's a, an interesting case with Felipe. Some have suggested maybe a showcase spot here by the promotion to see if he can get a scalp like Arlovsky on his resume. A few things on Arlovsky just for the listenership I found interesting in my research today. So when he got knocked out by Sergei Karatanov in 2011— and Kenny remembers this well. Four straight losses. Dude was left for dead, right? Like, everybody said his career was over. His chin was gone. And that was 10 years ago. So then he has a stretch of 12 fights in which he only suffers one loss. And part of that was when he came back to the UFC. Then January of 2016, fight Stepe. Loses, uh, And that begins a stretch in which he loses five straight fights over 18 months. From January of 2016 to the middle of 2017. Left for dead again. Um, and he's fought 12 more times since. So, count <laughs> this guy out at your own peril. You know, a lot of us thought Tanner Bozer was going to beat him. Go to the window and bet against Andre Arlovsky at your own peril. What are your thoughts on him here against Felipe Flo?
1: This is an interesting fight. You know, for, for Carlos Felipe, this is um, – particularly a a big fight for him. He asked for this fight. He called out Andre Arlovsky after his last fight. um, Felt it would be a good matchup for him. Um, This is going to be a tough one. Um, I I think Andre sometimes, though, doesn't throw enough volume. Um, Carlos isn't this big knockout artist. Can he knock out Andre? Potentially. But I think more than anything else, the way that he wins this fight is with volume. He's got to stay active. He's got to stay busy. Um, He's got to win it round by round. Um, and I, I think that's where he can win this fight. He's the younger fighter. He's a little bit busier in my opinion. Um, and I, I just think he just needs to outpoint him. Um, and I'll, I'll go with Carlos Felipe here. I definitely could see it going the way of Arlovsky. It's a very close fight. Um, experience is, is definitely going to be an advantage for Arlovsky here. Um, of course, but, uh, let's go with the younger Carlos Felipe. Decision? Uh, decision. Yes. All
3: right. Carlos Felipe for Ken Flo. Nice to see the disagreement there, and that brings us to our main event at featherweight. Aspen Lad minus one hundred and fifty. Norma Dumont plus one hundred and thirty. We'll need the round of the method of victory. So Lad is nine and one. She has not fought since two thousand nineteen. As many of you know, she was to compete in a main event about nine days ago. Was unable to make weight. That was at bantamweight. This one is at featherweight. So an opportunity, of course, for her to spin that narrative right around against Norma Dumont, who won a split decision over Felicia Spencer earlier this year. That earned her this main event against Holly Holm. Of course, Holm is out and Ladd is in. Nathan Phillips, who do you have in the main event and how do they get it done?
2: Yeah, you know, this main event's been through the ringer. Originally, we even had Misha Tate as the headliner and then it was Holly Holm. And uh, now it's Aspen Ladd stepping in, like you said, after missing weight against Macy. Um, She's jumping up weight classes. And unfortunately for her, um, she's getting a good size featherweight. You know, a Norman DeMont could even be in the one fifties on fight night. And uh, we know Aspen's bread and butter is getting that takedown and that vicious ground and pound. Uh, Unfortunately though, I think that Norma's is going to be tougher to take down than what Aspen is used to. Um, Also Norma, uh, I think she's the better striker and she can crack like she could knock men out, you know, and uh, we've seen uh, Aspen. She can be smoked by a single shot. We saw Durandami do that. Um, So normally I wouldn't pick, against Aspen Ladd but with the two year layoff the jump up the late notice opponent I'm going to take Dumont here and I'm actually going to take her by knockout in round number 3
3: Man you're doing good Nate I like the way Thank you kid. think um Ken Flo what do you think about Ladd and Dumont short price on Ladd here minus 150 Dumont plus 130
1: Yeah listen uh, I was hoping I'd be able to uh, pick up here uh, on the underdog Norma Dumont um but uh, Nate is on to it. I, I agree. I, I think uh, Dumont is the better striker. Um, you know, I, I think that she moves pretty well. I think she's strong for the weight class. I don't think she's going to be an easy takedown for Aspen. If she does get taken down, I think she can defend herself long enough to kind of get back to her feet or survive the round. Um, and I don't know. I, I think Aspen's been dealing with a whole lot lately as well. Um, so this is a tough fight. Uh, I think both women are capable of getting it, getting it done. Um, but I really like the potential of Norma Dumont. I, I think she's someone to watch in this division. I, I think she's really tough. I think she's underrated. Uh, doesn't quite have the experience, but um, seeing what I've seen from her, she seems very mature um, and, uh, and she's pretty good everywhere, man. So I think she's a solid fighter. Uh, I like her to win as well. Um I I think it probably will take her a little bit of time um, uh, to to get the win or she wins by decision, but let's go with fourth round TKL.
3: All right, fourth round TKO for Norman Dumont. And uh, she better be a fighter to keep an eye on in that division because there's only, I think, three of them chasing the featherweight <laughs> champ, Amanda <laughs> yeah, <Nibes. exactly>. uh, <laughs> at Nate Phillips, MMA on social media. And you can find his work at fightfreaks.co. Nate
2: Phillips, great job, my man. We will talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much. Kenny, I fucking love you. You finish fights, you do everything possible to win. <laughs> and if you're an icon, you're the best in the biz. Uh, Thank you, brother. Thanks so much, guys. This was great. Appreciate you, Nate.
3: Thank you. There man. he is. Great, great at job, Nate Phillips MMA, and probably a good time to tell you there are some changes coming to the main event challenge. Um, Nate could end up being one of the last handicappers that that we end up using in the mix. Um, we're going to be leaning on some uh, some different fighters and athletes. And uh, Ashley Evans-Smith, for example, is going to be coming on to make picks against Ken Flo next week. And uh, more details on the main event challenge thereafter. Uh, Anna podcastcom for the merchandise. Code AF10 for 10% off. Ken Flo's YouTube channel is... Well, it should be called FlowTube, but it's on YouTube um, for all his jiu-jitsu stuff. Don't forget, remember the show, Jason Anikbala Muhammad, live this Thursday on this very channel. Last thing before we go, I mentioned the Florian Shirk fight, obviously, during the fight between Damon Jackson and Charles Rosa. Don't go back and watch it for the Ken Flow verbal mention, but you need to go back and watch it to see how many pints of blood Damon Jackson donated to the canvas. See... When I'm watching football and there's like a knee injury or a leg injury, I can't watch that stuff, right? I have a hard time stomaching it. I love the blood in MMA. I just love it. I can't I can't help it. I just love it. I get so excited when there's so much blood on the canvas, like first fight of the night. So do yourself a favor and just watch. I mean, literally, I check if, you, it out. if you put a pint glass below Damon Jackson's cup, oh, it would have filled up. the would a fill it up. Blink. Yeah, in a blink. Um, brutal, all right, man. so next week, I mentioned Ashley Evans-Smith. We'll talk to her about her potential return. We will have Chris and Kyle Dawkins on the show as well, and also some picks coming up for the October 23rd middleweight main event, big fight between Paulo Costa and Marvin Battori. Our executive producer is Cody Merrill. With that for Ken Flom, John Anik. Thank you all for listening, for watching, for subscribing. Tell your friends, uh, click that like button, comment away. We read them all, even if we don't get to you. And we'll talk to you next Monday. Until then, yo,
4: fucking later.